Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Corporate Catholic Podcast. And we just wanted to take a quick moment to just recognize that this is our eighth episode, which is kind of crazy. That's so crazy. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And we just wanted to also say that we're really grateful for everyone who has continued to listen with us every single week. Um, Allison and I are actually doing a 54 Rosary Novena for just the podcast, all of you guys, just to reach the right people and speak what the Lord wants you to hear. So we are just very grateful for you. And we've already seen so many fruits of that Novena and we're not even halfway through yet. So yeah. Yeah, and if you don't know what we're talking about, um, I think you talked about it in, what, one of our first episodes? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're interested, uh, we can post something about it. But, yeah, it's it's been crazy just the people that have reached out to me and to you, like people I would never expect. And just, no, it really means so much to us, and we are so grateful for each and every one of you and that you take time out of your day to listen so Mm. it's like your birthday you know when like that one unexpected person wishes you happy birthday and you're like oh my gosh like I can't believe they remembered yeah oh my gosh that's such (laughs) a good it's like that every single time someone reaches out I'm Mm -hmm. like wow that's so nice like it truly just warms my heart yeah so and if you have a minute um we'll just do a quick little plug um you can rate our podcast if you're enjoying it um, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, super easy. Takes like two seconds, and yeah, that'd if mean you want to us. go above and beyond and get extra credit, you could write a review. Ooh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know what you think because honestly, this is still, you know, we're so open to making changes and stuff too. So let us know too if you have any feedback. Yeah, this is a process. Like this is not, this this isn't for us. Like this is for you guys and so if there's certain things you want to hear or things you don't like things you do like definitely let us know because we would love to hear it's for me too I get stuff out of this a lot actually yeah that's honestly it's like therapy I talk through all my problems (laughs) (laughs) um but today we will be talking about identity and just how identity you know what makes up your identity and how work can kind of easily become your identity or just other things in your life. Um, And we're just going to be kind of talking about, you know, how that's impacted us and also what can we do to kind of flip the script on that and put our identity in the Lord. So, yeah, like this is a big topic. Identity is such a scary word because it's just so hard to conceptualize and break it down. So... We're going to try to do our best to break it down, share some of our personal experiences, and then hopefully some really practical takeaways and just things to consider at the end. Mm-hmm. All right. So you want to kick us off, Allison? Let's do it. Okay. So um, two questions for each of us that we're going to answer. The first one revolves around what are the different aspects of you, Claire, that you would say play into your identity and how Mm -hmm. you are perceived yeah I would say you know the basics would be like woman being catholic being a sister daughter friend consultant 
And then I put student here too. I'm not a student anymore, but I feel like I still act like a student in the way that I approach life, just learning and such. Yeah, and, and like, that, that was a was big, a big part, part of your of life. Yeah. True, yeah, like reflecting on that time and stuff too. What about you? What would you add to that? Yeah, so I would agree with all of the ones you said. I would also add, you know, a traveler, hopefully a mentor to people. Like I mm-hmm. love, you know, being able to help people out and like give advice, whether that's, you know, my younger brother or people maybe in college considering our company or, you know, those types of situations. I would also say dreamer. Oh, um, <laughs> Midwestern. Wait, go back to dreamer. I dreamer. Like <laughs> yeah. Just always like thinking big picture and yeah, just, yeah. Wanting. You are very much like that. I'm very practical. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I could probably use some more practicality, but it's fun to think big picture. Yeah. It gets me excited. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you're really good at getting excited about things. Yeah, sometimes (laughs) to a fault. Like, I'll get myself so worked up about something, and then I'll just, like, my body can't handle it. I'll just get (laughs) sick or something. (laughs) So excited for homecoming that you get sick and can't go. I can't. I cannot tell you the amount of times growing up. This happened more when I was younger, but before any <laughs> big event, I would always get sick. And I think it was just because I got myself so worked up and excited that I just, my body was like, slow down. Whoa. <laughs> that is so funny. So. And then you didn't even get to go and do what you were excited about. Well, I mean, sometimes I still did, but it just, you know, was obviously not as... <laughs> Not how I pictured it because I wasn't feeling 100%. But, and then also a Midwesterner, you know, growing one. up in the Midwest. That's such a, a part of our identity, I would say. Yeah. But I would also say I'm a city girl. I always have been. I don't know why because, you know, my family's not really that way. But I would say that's definitely a part of who I am. Something we didn't write down was podcaster. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you're right. Whoops. <laughs> but I also think it's still becoming part of our identity. I would yeah. say it's like totally there yet. Why not? Or maybe I just haven't got to. Ex- we have to accept it. Yeah, I just haven't. I don't know. Podcaster just sounds it is still, so official. It is still weird when people are like, "Good job on the podcast." And I'm just like, thanks. And then I don't know what to say after that. Yeah. What have you been saying? I usually say something along the lines of, you know, like, thank you. It's been it's been so fun to do on the side. And, and they just, like, nod. And they're like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that really shuts the conversation down after that. <laughs> well, and then I kind of, like, will tease what's next without, oh. like, giving anything away. But be like, oh, yeah, like... We might be having our first guest soon, like, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. I didn't realize you were giving away hints. Well, I don't know. So if you want to hear some hints, talk to me about the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an open book. Okay. Yeah, anything else to add on that one? Mm, I think that's good. Okay. And then second question, what are things that you struggle with putting your identity or worth in? Yeah, that's a good one. Definitely 
perfectionism, uh, my job, like money, having, or like family or friends, and then like having or not having a relationship or just like comparing and, mm-hmm. and, or just like comparing my relationships with other people's relationships. Yeah. Any kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. What about you? I put perfectionism in all caps because that's oh, literally dramatic. <laughs> literally probably <laughs> one of the things I put my most identity in is just yeah having this vision of perfection and like wanting to attain it um kind of going along with that I would say productivity I put a lot of worth in what I'm able to accomplish and what I'm able to produce and that can be a source of a lot of stress for me if I take a day off of work or whatever and it's like okay I didn't produce anything or I didn't accomplish anything yeah people pleasing I wouldn't say this is like a huge one for me but it definitely is something that I struggle with I feel like we all do to a certain extent yeah I'd agree with that I think like some of like the relationships that I said I was kind of vague but I feel like wanting people to like me Mm -hmm. is like part of that and that's more like people pleasing and whether it's at like work or just like trying to like win over a new friend or like it's almost with people that you don't know as well because like you don't have that validation that they like like you back as like a person you know what I mean (laughs) yeah because I mean once you're friends with someone yeah you're like oh you know they like you to a certain extent otherwise they wouldn't be friends with you but but it's like I barely know this person and I'm like yeah or putting worth in them in the context of work joining a new team yeah wanting your team to like you wanting to prove yourself to your team that's a huge one because by the end of a project I mean your team knows you so well there's a level of trust that's developed and you know that everyone's going to get their work done and stuff but beginning of a project you're starting from scratch you know (laughs) you gotta you gotta prove your worth like (laughs) so that can be exhausting sometimes um I also put comparison And I think, again, that's one that we probably all struggle with, especially with social media and just seeing everyone's highlights Mm -hmm. and not really seeing behind the scenes. And then also, I put the future in the past because I have a really hard time with just living in the moment. Either I'm caught reminiscing about the past and you know like maybe past achievements or just great moments in my life Mm -hmm. or on the opposite end I'll just be putting my worth in this future event or once I reach this moment then I'll be happy Mm -hmm. or you know stuff like that Um, so that's something as well and then I also put goals which I guess kind of goes along with the future and then I think I didn't put goals down but I would agree like in the fact of like having goals and if I'm not actively achieving them I'm like uh and I get mad yeah <laughs> same <laughs> uh last one I'll say is working out and part of me thinks this comes from being raised doing sports and having that be such a big part of my life that 
it's like if I go more than a couple days without going to the gym or working out, it's like, what's happening? Like, I need to, you know? <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> yeah. It's interesting that we both have perfectionism because I feel like when we were making this podcast, we were like, this isn't going to work if we're going to try to make it perfect. Yeah. And that was so like true. a rule that we made. At least, and then we've, like, called each other out on it when, like, the other person's, like, trying to, you know, make it too perfect. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's fine. Like, yeah, it's fine and we need to move forward. Mm-hmm. Which has been good. Yeah. Done is better than perfect. Wow. I think I saw that on Tumblr in 2013. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it holds just as true now, so... <laughs> Yeah, I feel like we lose our identity a lot and stuff, and I don't know, for me specifically, I I think last week or a couple weeks ago, I talked about how I like to have productive rest, and I was just thinking about it, and I was like, okay, is that my personality, or is that me putting worth in, like, being productive, and I, like, literally can't not do that. Yeah, but I feel like there's a difference between, well, because you were talking about productive rest in the context of making plans with people and just yeah doing stuff, you know, but not necessarily checklist items like chores or laundry or yeah. things like that. So I do think there's a little bit of a difference, but. Yeah, but there's been times in my life where I guess especially with breaks from school, so it would be like we would have a long winter term and it would be like six weeks long. And so it's winter, no one, there's nothing, there's not a lot to do. For some reason I didn't have a lot of access to a car either. So I would just like kind of sit in my room and I just, and I don't even know what I would do, like nothing. I would like plan for the future or like do random things. But I feel like that's a time when I could have been you know, making better relationships, but I have this tendency to, like, see productivity as outputs rather than people, if that makes sense. Like, me doing something and that turning into something rather than, like, it is productive and very good to spend time, like, with your family. Yeah, like quality time, yeah. building relationships. But I'm like, I don't know, like I don't always see that as being productive because I feel like I've conditioned myself to only see like outputs as productive. I don't yeah. know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So what's the... Because you get feedback on that stuff and you don't really get feedback, feedback on... on relationships uh-huh. or friendships. So it's like oh, I'm going to sit in my room and, like, plan for the future rather than, like, playing a board game with my family. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's not like I don't ever spend time with them, you know. We'll just put that out there. But, like, there's – I feel like just being at home for times like that, like, growing up or, like, in college, like, I just really would put my worth in just – I was, like, planning for the next semester, I wasn't, like, living in the moment where I am with my family, like, trying to grow those relationships. Yeah. Or, I mean, did you ever have this feeling, because I know I have, of I should be doing something else or I should be 
maybe working towards this or it's like almost a sense of feeling bad for just taking for just time like to just existing exist yeah since school is over I think I've gotten more into the rhythm of needing and like wanting to put time into those relationships especially since a lot of them are long distance now like with my family and other people but it's still something that I fall into where I'm like it is more valuable for me to work out than call my mom you know what I mean and it's Mm -hmm. like oh I can find another time to call her but you know the gym closes and I gotta go like you know what I mean yeah I don't know still working on that but that is something that I like struggle with with identity is because I'll put my identity in outputs rather than people yeah. And, well, you shouldn't put your identity in people either, but, like, growing relationships. Yeah. Do you have a time? When I think about <laughs> losing my identity <laughs> or whatever, it sounds so dramatic, but I think starting any new chapter of life, you kind of maybe not lose your identity, but you start to realize what makes it up, and you start to notice it maybe changing depending on how mm-hmm. your life has changed. So... In my life, I can think of two examples. One, starting out college, and then two, um, graduating college and kind of starting life after college. But I think specifically with starting out college, you know, I was moving to a new city. Um, I was making entirely new friends. And so many aspects that used to make up my life, like sports, I know I've talked about that before, it was such a weird time. Like, I was like, I have so much free time now. I don't have practice. I don't have a schedule. I mean, aside from classes and stuff, but it was just the first time where you have so much free time in college, Mm -hmm. and it's like, what do I do with this time, you know? So that was kind of like a moment where, I don't know, it's kind of an uncomfortable feeling because it's great to have time, but then you're also like, okay, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. And, like, your identity up until that point is, like, in your family. Yeah. And then your family's not there. Yeah. You're starting to build a life for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And then I would say, you know, after college now, I mean, this is still something I feel like I'm going through. Is just, what am I meant to do? <laughs> you know? Obviously, I have a great job. I love my job and everything. But... I can't say that I see myself doing this forever. So it's Mm -hmm. like, what is my purpose? What is the end goal? What impact am I supposed to have? Like those (laughs) deep questions that I definitely don't have an answer right now, which is okay, but it's something I think about. Yeah. And it's like easy to let those questions distract you from your day to day, you know? And make everything feel meaningless. Yeah. But that's, like, totally the devil for sure. (laughs) Because, like, nothing we do is meaningless. But he likes to take it and, like, twist and be like, well, this isn't what you're going to be doing in 30 years, so it doesn't even matter. Mm -hmm. But, like, it does. That's so true, yeah. Looking back, everything plays a role. Everything has Everything leads you to where you are. Yeah. And to not be grateful for those things is, like... You know, to not, like, accept your full story. Like, that's your story. It's who you are. Your story is, like, what makes you who you are. 
and it's like where God has led you in different areas of your life. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge temptation though, to be like, oh, this doesn't matter because this isn't my long-term goal, but like, what if this is building the skills for your long-term goal? Like, if you don't even know what your long-term purpose and job or impact is, then how are you supposed to get there? You know, you're just taking one step forward in the right direction every day, and that's all that we can do. Mm-hmm. And I do think, obviously, our identity evolves as we get older and as we grow and stuff. And purpose, I think, like, I don't think that we just have one sole purpose. I think we have purposes throughout our lives. We have purposes in stages. Like, maybe in this stage of life right now, I have a certain purpose. But then in my next chapter of life or whatever, it might be different. So sometimes I think that helps to think about it and not just like I only have one purpose, one end goal, because that can just seem so overwhelming. And Yeah, I agree with that of like sub-purposes, but I do think that we have an overarching purpose to know, love, and serve God. Just that's the purpose of our life and whether – you believe that or not I mean like that's or whether you practice that or not it's very hard to do it's very hard to just believe that that's the purpose of your life but you know that at least is a north star of if I'm so confused if I don't know what's going on you know am I trying to know God in any single in any way am I trying to love God or like love the people around me in the best way possible and am I trying to serve God through my work or just through the, my daily activities? Like, am I being selfish or am I trying to serve others? You know what I mean? And it's like, those are just little things of, if I'm not doing any of that, then, you know, those are the first things to start changing. You know, change your mindset, change who you're living for. Are you living for yourself? Or are you like living to just know and serve God and, and in that way? Yeah, you know. which I totally agree with, but I think the hard part is figuring out how we're supposed to do that because the way each one of us is called to do that is different. Definitely, but where we are right now is not an accident. So, you know, it's like, look around. What's What are the opportunities for me here? Maybe you hate your boss, okay? Be nice to her or him this week how okay just take maybe instead of sending a passive-aggressive email you send her flowers (laughs) (laughs) you know and it's like maybe it feels fake at first but those small things over time will change your heart and change your perspective on her you know yeah one thing my mom always used to tell me is when I would be really mad at someone or frustrated or just annoyed and just couldn't stand them she'd be like you should pray for that person yeah and it's so hard to do but yeah it doesn't change them what it does is it changes you and how you view it and over time it it gets to you less and Mm -hmm. that brings a great sense of peace like every time you pray for them at first you're like and I pray for I guess them I guess (laughs) if you feel like they deserve a prayer it's fine And then over time, you're like, no, like, I actually, you know, we may not get along, but I do want the best for them. And that becomes your prayer, and that could take 
days, weeks, months, years, like at least for me, like I've had some people where it's taken me like almost a year for me to like feel comfortable and confident praying for them. But I'll do it every single day. That's one of my gifts is persistence in prayer. And I'm someone who it's like, if I decided to pray for that person, I will be praying for you every single day until the miracle happens that I'm praying for or like my heart changes. And it's honestly changed my life, made me like a much happier person because obviously if that person is eliciting these types of responses from you, it means that like you're putting some worth and identity in that person in a small way. It's like, why does this person make me so angry? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's like, how does that benefit me at all? You're letting them shape your, yeah, your you're letting, identity. Exactly. Yeah. Like you're letting them shape you. You become an angry person. That affects other people in your life. Like how are, mm-hmm. you know, like that's not fair to you to let that affect you in that way yeah that's such a good point let's talk a little bit about where identity comes into play because there's lots of different aspects of our life Um, so we kind of broke this down into strangers at work and then our family and friends so Mm -hmm. starting out with strangers people we meet you know one of the things (laughs) that we notice and have been talking about is how when you meet someone and you know we're at a stage of our lives where we're constantly meeting people whether it's through work whether it's through friends it's like whenever you meet someone first thing you'll ask is you know like what's your name and then it's usually where do you live where are you from Mm -hmm. and then the next big question always seems to be what do you do Mm -hmm. where do you work you know Which is just interesting because that just shows how much work plays into how we're perceived and what our identity is. Yeah, because those are the first things that you're judging that person on. Yeah. You know, hopefully good, but it's just one of the first things that you find out about a person. And then immediately you have assumptions about them based on their answer. Mm -hmm. You know, someone's like, oh, I'm in finance. You're like, oh, he's like in business and wears suits all the time and is super like professional. Finance bro. Yeah, (laughs) you're like, oh, finance guy, like get out of here. You just have like certain perceptions of people based on what they say, but there's so much more to a person than their job. But we are consistently with that question, we're just putting people in a box right off the bat meeting them. I don't think people ask that question with that intent to no. judge them or whatever. Because honestly, we're t- like when we meet people, we're trying to find anything to relate to them about. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, a lot of times we'll find commonalities with either what we do or maybe... I mean, I've made so many connections with people where people have asked me what I do or where I work. And then that's led to someone we both know mm-hmm. or a connection or whatever. So... You know, I don't think the intent is bad with that question, but it does, I think, have some maybe not so good effects or yeah consequences, if that's the right word. Because I, I would just think of, like, if I was unemployed right now, it would be hard for me to answer that. Like, yeah, I would feel hesitant to share that answer 
and that shows how much worth I put in my work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I would feel like, oh, like I'm unemployed right now. I don't really have anything to talk about. And I would feel like hesitant to share that. But, you know, I'm still, even if I was unemployed, I'm still a great person that has so much to share in a conversation. Mm-hmm. And just so much to give and, you know, a friendship. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's just something to think about of right when you meet someone, like, that's one of the first things you find out about them and one of the first things that someone finds out about you. And so it's just we're just trying to, like, bring to light areas where identity and work come into play. I would say the next one would actually be at work because these are the people that you're around the most, you know, either on Zoom or in person or whatever you're doing. And so for at least, you know, eight hours a day, five days a week, 40 hours a week, you're just talking about work. And so that's just so repetitive. And it's just always top of mind because it's the most constant thing in your life. It just takes up the most time of your week, probably, besides sleep and such. And when when you're around all these people and they're talking about these things, it's easy to just continue the conversation or when you get positive feedback it feels validating like the success feels good so you want to keep doing it it's addictive it is addictive success is addictive yeah and it's easy to say like I'm doing so well at this and maybe other areas of your life aren't going as well or something and then that person leans into work as like this is my thing Mm -hmm. this is what I'm good at And so I'm going to put all of my time and energy into this. And that's not a bad thing, but to know that, you know, that job could disappear in an instant and to be okay with that is kind of like the check of am I putting my identity and worth in this or not. Yeah, and one of the unique things about work is that we are measured on our work. There are specific metrics that we are judged on, whether that's, you know, for consulting, utilization is -hmm. a huge metric. But just in general, performance reviews, those sorts of things, which is interesting because there's no really other aspect of our life where, I don't know, we quantify our success. We don't go around saying, I have X number of friends. I grew my friendships by 20% this year. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's just, it's interesting how work, (laughs) everything is quantified, which to a certain extent helps with progress, but it's just interesting, I think. Yeah, but because there's a strict rubric, you know when you're doing a good job or not. You're constantly thinking about it. And honestly, that's interesting too is, I like to reflect on my own life, but work, like, but that's a choice that I make. Work makes you reflect on work and provide regular feedback, you know, like for annual reviews, you're filling out stuff. Like you have to think through all of your aspects of the past year or past few months and, Mm -hmm. and also turn it into a positive as well. And I don't think that we look at our lives that way. When we look at our lives, it's so easy to think about all the negative things that happened this year. But at work, you're always trying to spin it to be positive because yeah, you yeah. are trying to 
you know, get that promotion or get a raise or something. Uh-huh. But when we're reflecting on our own life, we're like, oh, this thing sucked and I've had so many downs and it's harder to practice gratitude. Yeah, and there's no rubric for our personal lives. Yeah. There's nothing that we can look to to gauge whether or not we're doing well. Except for God. Except for God, yeah. <laughs> this is interesting. Allison's mind's being My right. mind is like, the, <laughs> you the see tears her face. are turning. <laughs> Allison was like, whoa. <laughs> but it makes sense. It's And if you don't make your own metrics for life, meaning at least for me, hopefully that goal would be to be more like Jesus, you know, to act more like him, to to just be that type of person. But if you don't have that North Star of something that you're aiming towards, then where are you aiming in you life? You have nothing to you have judge nothing. your... Yeah, you have nothing to gauge. And so that. it's so easy to be confused. And there's definitely been times where it's, you know, I'm like not actively aiming towards Christ, you know? And then I'm like all over the place being crazy. <laughs> And then I'm like, and then I wake up one day and I'm like, what is happening? Like, we need to, like, get our life together. And yeah. normally that takes, like, some prayer time, for sure. Mm-hmm. That's literally the worst feeling ever. And I'm sure we've all gone through that where you just wake up in the morning you're like, what am I doing life? <laughs> You know? It's Sunday scaries. Yeah. It's it's not fun, <laughs> but it's kind of fun for me. No, it's not. Well, it's how? a little fun because I really like the planning process of how I'm gonna get my life back on track. I will say it's a good <laughs> kick in the butt. Yes, and I do like being called out. In like, do you? I do. I really like <laughs> tough love. Like I love that. In the fact of like, if you see something that's wrong with me, just like say it. Like I'd rather you. I don't know. I I don't mind someone being like, you're kind of sucky right now and you need to step up. And I'd be like, honestly, you're right. Like, thanks. So you don't take offense to that? No. That's good. People could say a lot of things. That's a good trait. I wouldn't be offended. I mean, if it's something mean, I feel like I'd have to kind of discern whether that comment was set out of love or not. Mm -hmm. And if it wasn't set out of love, then I'm probably not going to take it to heart. But if someone was, like, saying a comment to me and they're like, I'm saying this because I care about you, but, like, you've been acting crazy and, like, you need to stop. I'd be like, mm, yeah, you're right. And it takes people who truly care about you to be able to say stuff like that if it is yeah. if, with good intent. Yeah, God will say that by, like, kicking me in the butt somehow. I'll be like, oh, Jesus, I see what you're doing. Putting me on this path so that I go crazy and then I have to reset everything. But mm-hmm. And normally I got myself in that place, so... But yeah, okay, and then the last place that we see identity, I feel like, is family and friends, and I don't know, I see there's a lot of things that play into family and friends. I think, especially with, you know, you're at, you might have, like, a big extended family, and again, like, holidays, everyone wants to know about your job, like, what's going on that, and if you're dating someone, but that's a different topic. Everyone just wants to know, everyone just wants to plan their calendars for the nearest, you know, the next wedding wedding. in the family. (laughs) But that's a different topic. Yeah. But 
work still comes up all the time. Mm-hmm. And so that can kind of be, and there is almost like a comparison in family too, because everyone was raised so similarly. And so if people are on different paths or it's, you know, maybe your family has a history of doctors or lawyers or business or something and you do something completely different, it can it can cause tension too or family might not understand and it can just be awkward. And also, at least about family too, is I feel like sometimes you know, you grow up a certain way and you are a certain way as a child and you might grow and change, but family and long-term friends, some of them might still see you as, you know, child Allison or like child Claire Mm -hmm. in the way of just like those characteristics. And when you like evolve and change, it's like, you know, you kind of have to the people who are around you in that stage know you as that. Yeah. But these people know you from before. I mean, they know you now, but they're like, oh, well, you were always into this. And you're like, okay, like that was 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I've changed. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. True, too. Or they're like, oh, that's interesting. Like, Which is a double-edged sword because yeah. to one extent it's, so valuable having people in your life who have seen you yes in you know past stages of life but at the same time it can also be hindering if they're stuck in that idea of who you used to be Mm -hmm. and maybe that prevents them from accepting who you are now or what you're trying to do yeah exactly and The other area of that is some people do get into jobs because it's what their family would want Mm -hmm. to. And so that's also, it's just a huge factor of like my identity is so much in my family that I want to please them. And so I want to do these things that I know will please my family. And those aren't bad intentions, but if that's not what God made you for, like, it's not going to end well for you, you know? Like, you're not going to be fully fulfilled if you're putting your identity and worth in your family. Yeah, like, up until basically we leave for college, whether we like it or not, our identity is shaped by our family because Mm -hmm. we were raised with them. That's just how we are. It's almost like after we go off on our own, that's the first time where we can either adhere to that identity or maybe adhere to those perceptions or expectations or we can craft our own identity, Mm -hmm. which it's difficult either way because on one way or on one hand, if you're giving into the expectations, then it's maybe seems easier, but then maybe you're not fulfilled. Yeah. But if you go against the tide, you're going to maybe meet some, I don't know, uh, there could be some tension or mm-hmm. just disagreements or whatever, but then that could lead you on the right path. Yeah. So it's it's difficult either way. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why it's such a complex topic. I feel like we could do sub-talk, subtopics about this in the future. 
but mm-hmm. we'll see. Let We're just planting like the it. seed. Yeah, yeah. You know, touch scratching the surface here. So, yeah, I mean, after everything we've talked about so far, I think there's a couple realizations or just takeaways about identity that we think are important to think about. And first of that is anything in life can change with the flip of a dime. And I think that's really the true test of what your identity is if something gets taken away. So, for example, if you lose your job tomorrow, how would you feel? Like, do you put everything in work? Like, is work your entire identity that your life would be over if you lost your job? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, and by putting your worth in other things, you're trying to control them, too. So if you're putting your worth in your relationship or your family or those things, you're saying, like, I'm going to try to do this so I can elicit a reaction from this person, so I can receive love from this person. I'm going to do this so I can, you know, get higher in my job. Like, I'm trying to control the situation. And you're basically just saying, you know, I can do all of this myself. And that's such an easy trap to fall into. But the reality is, is that, you know, we need to be more focused on the Lord and not our own individual because by saying I can do all this self we're basically saying I am God like I can control my life in certain ways and that's what we're trying to do by putting our worth in other things like that that are more tangible the reality is situations like that are going to happen in our life like we're going to maybe lose jobs or Mm -hmm not get into the schools that we want or you know life just doesn't go how we want it to people are going to disappoint us that's a huge one whether Mm -hmm. that's friendships or relationships but through all of that God never disappoints us and Mm -hmm. so that's why you know when we place our identity in God and who God created us to be and what God created us to do we can never be disappointed. Yeah. And all these things are going to change, but God doesn't change. And I mm-hmm. think that that's no matter what's happening in your life, no matter what your identity is right now, there is something that doesn't change and that's and that's God. So how, I mean, we know this, right? Like you may have heard this before, this could be new to you, but at least for me, I'm like, yeah, I know. I know all Does this that, stuff. Like. Well, I'm like, I hear it, but that doesn't mean that I respond and I listen and I practice this every single day. Like, we're not perfect. But the anecdote of, like, okay, how can we solve this problem or, like, try of putting my identity in other things? And, you know, that's just through prayer and surrendering. But it's just asking God, hey, you, I know right now that you're not the number one priority in my life. It's obvious, just, just accept it. Like, as a person, I'm like, fine, I'm just accepting that. But God, can you just increase my desire for you to be the number one priority in my life? That's not the reality right now, but just increase that desire. And it might not happen overnight, but if you keep praying that prayer, little things 
you might start starting to prioritize God in front of other things that are going on in your life. You can also just pray, you know, oh my gosh, God, like this relationship is making me miserable. Like this, putting all of my worth in work is so tiring. Like I'm just tired. And just say, allow me to put my identity in you. Or like, God, I did nothing today and I feel like a loser. I literally didn't do anything. I was putting all my worth in productivity and I feel like crap. You know, why do I feel this way? Like, help me to still feel loved today because I am not loving myself right now because of this problem of like me putting my identity in other things but allow me to feel loved by you. And you never know what's going to happen. It's like you might pray this prayer 50 times and still feel nothing. But the fact that you're like taking a minute to even pray is a fantastic first step towards a life where your identity is in God and not, you know, earthly things. Yeah. And each time that you pray that, you're thinking about it and you're aware of it and the more you are intentional about something the more change starts to happen I mean change doesn't happen overnight you're Mm -hmm. not just gonna pray this once and boom tomorrow everything's fixed you know (laughs) I wish it worked like that (laughs) well and at the point that we're at right now it's like you might not even want it to be fixed because it feels good to put your identity in these things. So it's like, first you have to just have the desire to want to put God first. Mm -hmm. And that takes so much time. Yeah. In itself. And then actually like, okay, now I actually want to put you first. Now I actually have to do it. (laughs) It's like, this could be like a year, like multiple year long things. This could be your whole life. I mean, yeah, everyone moves at different pace, but Mm -hmm. it's just, there's there's just so much that plays into it and it's not a race to get there either it's just you know being humble and just saying you know I am bad at this I am doing this I'm just letting you know and you can do with that with with with, with what you want (laughs) yeah and just because you maybe get there doesn't mean you're always going to be there yeah because you can just as easily fall back into those old old patterns or old Mm -hmm. ways of thinking or temptations or whatever it might be. So it is a lifelong thing. Mm -hmm. It's not just a one and done journey. It's it's a long haul. Dang. (laughs) So much work. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, One of the other things that we were kind of talking about too is, you know, earlier in the episode, we talked about how, one of the first questions that we'll ask new people we meet is, what do you do? Like, where do you work? And so we were trying to figure out a way to get around that. We're like, what else Mm -hmm. could we ask people other than what do you do or where do you work? And it was kind of hard to think about. And then I asked Allison, I was like, well, what would you want to be asked? Yeah, which was a hard question. I, I had to think about it, but... We came to the conclusion that more journey questions would be a good way to kind of get to know someone without putting their identity in their work. So 
things like, you know, if maybe you just ask them where they're from. You could be like, how how did you get here? You know, like, what's your story? What brought you here? Yeah. Or you're at a charity event and you're like, how did you get involved with said charity? Mm-hmm. Or you're at work and you're like, you know, what made you choose this company? Mm-hmm. Or how, you know, where, what was your previous experience before you got here mm-hmm. versus like what are you doing and like how successful are you and then on the flip side of that you know asking them where do you want to go almost mm-hmm. what's ahead what are you thinking about what are you working towards what's what's your goal what's your dream because mm-hmm. we all have them yeah and people don't always ask I'm trying to think about how to ask that in a practical way with someone you literally just met. So let's say you're at a happy hour and with, you know, random church, how about random church people or something, okay? (laughs) And you're just like, okay, you know, how long, you could say, you know, how long have you been coming here? And they might tell you and then, you know, you could follow up with that of like, I don't know what would you say well I think this one makes more sense in the context of maybe when you're asking someone where they're from and like how they got here you could be like do you see yourself staying here is there anywhere else yeah, you want to yeah. live what things like that I instead think of that, asking them like what are your hopes and dreams yeah I like, mean no that's I'm that's a deep <laughs> question I would not <laughs> throw that on someone <laughs> when I first meet them But, yeah, more, like, taking what they say and then asking if that is their – if they like it and want to continue that moving Mm -hmm. forward. Yeah, almost like, where are you right now? How'd you get here? Is that where you want to be? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Mm -hmm. And then going along with that to kind of asking more about things that they enjoy doing. Because, I mean, this could be work for them. Like, but instead of asking, you know, what do you, or where do you work? You could say, what do you enjoy doing? Um, Because that could bring up work. It could bring up a really cool hobby they have outside of work, a little side Mm -hmm. hustle, something like, I mean, I feel like if someone asked me that now, I would say, oh, I have this podcast. Yeah. I always like to keep it lighthearted too. Sometimes I'll be like. I'm looking for some new hobbies, you know. I'm like, oh, my gosh, your 20s? It's like no one tells you you need hobbies. Mm-hmm. What do you like to do? I'm yeah, like, I'm a, open for some new hobbies to do. It's honestly an uncomfortable question because people – People get weird about it because yeah. they're like, uh, uh, nothing. I hang out with my friends. <laughs> and then I was like, well, this is awkward. Now I've exposed you. <laughs> Which, I mean, isn't a bad thing. I mean, obviously, we all have social lives. Yeah, maybe they'll go home and think about that and be like, maybe I need a hobby. (laughs) I need a hobby. (laughs) Um, Which I think maybe another way to ask that, because I hate the word hobby. I don't know why. Yeah. I just hate that word. Hobby Lobby. That's (laughs) all I mean. Yeah, Hobby Lobby doesn't even have, like, it should have, like, sports equipment and stuff in it. Like, things for hobbies. No, it's like a craft type store. I understand, but there's more hobbies than crafts. It's just like a little misleading. (laughs) (laughs) It's my personal opinion. I feel like hobby, there's so many hobbies. Like they should have like 
bird watching stuff and well that store I, would be never ending <laughs> then there's literally an endless hobby yeah that would be really fun to look at though and you could go in there and shop for your new hobby and it would be like each aisle would be hobby specific i honestly love this idea then if you want to pick a new <laughs> hobby you just go to hobby lobby and go down the ho- new aisle of the hobby you want to try and there's everything you would need this sounds like amazon <laughs> <laughs> Literally just type something in Amazon and you can literally buy it. <laughs> okay, whatever. The in-store experience is something you'll you, you'll know that you miss. You miss that. Oh, I mean, I time. yeah, I love <laughs> that. But imagine just like a massive store with every hobby you could ever imagine. Like that would be so fun. I'd get lost in there. Exactly, it'd be so fun. <laughs> That's a hobby. Getting lost. It could be a map section. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then one other question you can add to your your toolkit. Um, <laughs> so what's a skill you want to learn? Because this one is good because you're not asking them what are their current hobbies. You're asking them, like, what's something that they want to become a hobby or what's something they want to learn Maybe that's a better question because I do feel like people who already have hobbies, they might say their hobby and say they want to get better at it. True. Yeah. So maybe it doesn't expose people as much. But this also can really help make connections too because, for example, my roommate, she really wants to learn how to become a DJ. And that's a skill she really wants to learn. And just, I mean, if someone were to ask her that, who knows, like they might know someone, they might have experience with that, they could be like, I know so-and-so or whatever, and then it could almost help them yeah, develop or progress that. True. You know, so you never know. Very true. So hopefully that helps, but didn't you want to talk about that game that you really like? Oh, yes, okay. Um, so I have this game called We're Not Really Strangers, and it's a really cool game. I have not played it as much as I would like to, but the whole premise of it is getting to know people on a deeper level. And so there's three different stages to the game, basically. And the first stage is they're all questions that are very kind of surface level. So things like, you know, what was your first impression of me or you know things that are very things that you would learn about someone when you first meet them or you have certain judgments or things like we were talking about based on maybe what their job is what you would think about them stuff like that and then the second stage kind of transitions more into just some more interesting questions that kind of hint at deeper things and then the third stage is deep questions and so the whole idea of it is just getting to know people in a different way and the questions are just so unique that they're not questions you would just normally think of to ask people Mm -hmm. but because it's in an environment where it's okay to just like you're literally just asking questions um you just find out some really cool things about people and so I've played it with um some of my friends before and it's, it's really interesting, honestly. Yeah. It's funny. It's also kind of deep. But would highly recommend if anyone is interested in, in that. Yeah, that sounds fun. Um, 
Well, that was kind of all we had, so... That's all we had? Oh my <laughs> gosh, I feel like we we unloaded a lot there. <laughs> yeah, basically. This is a great, you know, just starting point on identity, and I think that we've kind of both just touched on how it's easy for us to lose our identity. Like, we do it too, so mm-hmm. don't feel discouraged if you're like, yeah, I don't really know what's going on. It's fine. Like, we feel that way. I don't sometimes. either. <laughs> we feel that way sometimes, too. But hopefully you'll just take a minute to pray about it and, you know, just take that first step. So we really appreciate you guys listening. And we will talk to you soon. Any closing words, Allison? No. You you wrapped it up perfectly. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> I was nervous about it. <laughs> All right, we will talk to you all next week. All right, bye, bye. everyone. Bye.